Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. from Washington, D.C. today. A very big First Amendment decision was handed down from the Supreme Court today. Was the praying football coach from Washington State just taking a knee in prayer? Does being a public school teacher and coach require your beliefs to take a back seat? Or is this really taking a stand for first freedoms? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, I was uh, actually standing just outside the Supreme Court when the ruling came down today on uh, an important case regarding the First Amendment. Uh, And reaction was interesting. Uh, There were uh, not too many protesters out there in front of the Supreme Court today. Uh, But interesting, uh, there was a group that was actually having prayer uh, on the uh, steps of the Supreme Court today as this ruling came down. And so we want to break this down in terms of what does it really mean in terms of first freedoms. And uh, to help us do that, we uh, go to the ultimate inside source, Kelsey Dallas uh, from Deseret News, uh, who has been following this case among many others. Uh, And I know you're uh, traveling today as well. Kelsey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I hope I sound good from standing outside. (laughs) You're outside. I'm in D.C. We're doing this through Salt Lake City. And it's, uh, all the magic is happening today. Uh, but, but break it down for us, uh, Kelsey. As you looked at the uh, ruling, what were some of the things that stood out to you? As uh, we look, obviously, a 6-3 uh, decision that's becoming uh, common in some of these high-profile cases. Uh, but what jumped out to you? Yes, so it was 6-3, the conservative justices versus the liberal ones. Um, It was really no surprise that the coach won, and um, a lot of folks had even predicted the reasoning that the majority used. I think the thing to be careful with is what this means moving forward. So is this a huge shift in the rules about prayer in schools, or is this just sort of a, a side case that was just a lot of confusion that the Supreme Court was just helping work out? And the more conservative side would say the latter, that this is not changing decades of legal precedent, that teachers still are not to offer prayers from the front of the classroom, that schools can't mandate participation in religious activity, and that this was all sort of a misunderstanding that blew out of proportion, and that the coach really does just want to have a private moment of reflection um, that happens to take place on a football field at a public school So I think that it's hard to sort through the noise that's coming from the ruling. But moving forward, um, hopefully it will be an opportunity for schools to revisit their various policies and not so much radically alter them. Yeah, I I think that's such a critical uh, thing in all of these cases that have been coming out, that uh, often the headline uh, prevents us from getting to the nuance and and what does this actually mean moving forward. I thought one of the things that was interesting, and I want to get your take on this, Kelsey, uh, was that uh, Justice uh, Gorsuch, of course, wrote the opinion and uh, was just very interesting in going through that, uh, that you had uh, Justice Kavanaugh, while joining with the decision, did not join with the opinion uh, the writing, I, I think he seemed to have some concerns about, you know, would this lead to something that could be coercion of a student uh, into a religious practice? How do you see that? Well, that's that was always the very difficult, thorny question at the center of this case, is how do you define 
coercion. So I've spoken to several more conservative um, legal experts who say you shouldn't call it coercion unless someone's playing time was specifically on the line. Like a coach had said, you must pray with me or else you're on the bench or you're not going to get an A in my class unless I see you at the Bible club after school. And so it has to be that type of specific um, act. But the court in the past has defined coercion a little bit more broadly to say if you're delivering a prayer from the graduation stage and kids are kind of stuck waiting in the audience and so they can't help but take part in a sense, then that's coercive too. And I think that this case raised questions about whether any act of faith by an authority figure can be seen as coercive because students would just take it upon themselves to say, oh, I should join because then coach would like me more. Oh, I should join because my friend's joining. And so there's still open questions about that. And that's why just on both sides of the case, there are people saying, let's just talk more about this as a society, as a school, as a community. What's best for our students? Um, And is there a way that we can allow religious expression on school grounds and just make sure that that one person's act doesn't spill over into a much bigger, difficult situation? Yeah, I I do think that uh, broader conversation is really the the key to it. And and what is coercion and and what happens that way, as you said, if it's a prayer in the front of a classroom or at a graduation? Uh, Also interesting, uh, kind of on the flip side of that, uh, Justice Gorsuch wrote in the opinion that the Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and suppression for religious and non-religious views alike. I think he struck the right chord there in terms of respect and tolerance uh, and also censorship and suppression. I think that's an interesting part of the discussion that we got to make sure we get to. Oh, yes. I think the, the thought was that due to sensitivity about students' religious practices and the potential to have some slight coercion happening, I think the majority's opinion is that the school district overreacted. It said, okay, we're so nervous about our students that this type of prayer can't happen at all on the field. It can't happen at all within view of the public. And they're saying that type of overreaction ends up limiting religious freedom, limiting religious expression, and singling religious activity out for separate treatment from other types of activity. So they weren't going to be nervous, for example, if the coach was um, wearing a bunch of Dallas Cowboys gear and students started wearing Dallas Cowboys gear to (laughs) get favor from him, but they were going to get nervous about these religious displays. And so the court is just saying there's an inconsistency there where you're very nervous about religion and not nervous about other types of activity that could easily be mimicked as well. Mm, I, I think that's such an important part of the conversation is what <laughs> all of the things that, that can be folded in there and, and it requires all of us to step back just a little bit. Anything else from the uh, the ruling or, or your following of this particular case uh, that could spark some uh, some good thoughts, some good conversations as we try to move forward? Well, I thought it was important that uh, in the majority opinion, uh, Gorsuch specifically says this is different in the minds of the majority than previous rulings on school prayer. So in the 1960s, there were two key cases about not having a state written, state composed prayer delivered at the beginning of the school day, and also not having mandatory Bible readings as part of the curriculum. And then there's been decisions since then about, as I mentioned, not having 
a prayer during an official school event, like a graduation ceremony. And so there's been a lot of chatter that if they ruled for the football coach, that all of that precedent would crumble. That it's like, okay, we would go from no school prayer to constant school prayer. And I think that the majority was trying to be very careful to say, this doesn't change those past rulings. We stand by those past rulings. But this is a very specific situation where the school district was overreacting. It is okay for teachers to have private moments. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great insight as always, uh, Kelsey Dallas. We appreciate you stepping out of your conference uh, to share some insight on an important uh, ruling. And uh, we know we still have a few more to go before we uh, round out the term for the Supreme Court. But uh, Kelsey Dallas, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. All right. Uh, great insight there, as always, uh, from Kelsey Dallas. And I, I think it's just vital that as we look at all of these rulings that have been coming out, it's so easy to get caught on just the vote itself, the ruling itself. Uh, that's why you have to read the opinion and you have to get into the nuance of all of these conversations, because there there has to be a way for us to have respect uh, and to have those conversations uh, without censorship and uh, really making sure that we're not suppressing either the religious or the non-religious views. I think uh, Justice Gorsuch got that part of the equation right, that that is the Constitution at its best. That's the best of our traditions as a country, is mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and suppression for religious or for non-religious views alike. Historic change to abortion rights is coming to Utah. Women are individuals and they deserve autonomy over their bodies. This is a good day for those that want to protect the lives of unborn children. It's now the law of the land. And we'll report on every new development. The decision on abortion rights. All this week on KSL News Radio. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio.